Please be seated. <clears throat> Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning I want to direct your attention to the last line of verse 9 of that famous reading from Isaiah. The line is usually translated like this, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters are covering the sea. I want to direct your attention to that line because it looks to me like with this line, Isaiah shoots a poetic air ball right near the end of a game. Really, it does. <laughs> the uh, rest of the poem takes me back almost magically to the Garden of Eden. And it's really an enchanting visit. When I read Isaiah's words, I can almost feel the beauty of the place. I can see it with this startling clarity. But here, right when I want more of the delight, the interpretive play, the interpretive ease, Isaiah delivers up some abstraction and ambiguity. I want my heart to beat faster. But that line, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, seems to me to function like a teacher calling me back in from recess from playground back to encyclopedia. See, the vision starts to grow a little blurry for me. What is the line, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord doing in a poem like this? Well, for the line to yield its treasures, we have to dig around a little bit. In the Old Testament, before anyone can know the Lord, the Lord must first know them. That doesn't mean that the Lord has to take some time to find out some facts about people. In the Old Testament, it means that the Lord must choose them. To know is to elect. The prophets claim that Yahweh knew Israel above all the other peoples of the earth. That means that he chose Israel. It means that he liberated Israel. It means that he cares for Israel. It means that he gave Israel the signs of his gracious presence and his saving purpose. <clears throat> you only have I known of all the families of the earth, he said. I knew you in the wilderness, in the land of drought, he said. Israel experienced God's knowledge of them by the way he treated them in judgment, but then always and ever moving to these magnificent acts of tender mercy and deliverance. In turn, Israel's vocation was to know the Lord. <laughs> now that does not mean that they were all supposed to major in systematics and investigate the mysteries of the Godhead. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> the call to know the Lord was a call to act on his behalf in humble service to other people. So Yahweh says about King Josiah, he judged the cause of the poor and needy. Then it was well with him. Was not this knowing me? But let him who glories glory in this, Yahweh says, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness and justice and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight. You see, people who know the Lord bring peace and righteousness into the lives of those around them. That was Israel's true glory. To fully know the Lord was a mark then of the Messianic age, where as the psalmist says, the King Messiah, 
will spare the poor and needy. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence, and precious will be their blood in his sight. It is this fullness of knowledge that Jesus claims for himself. First of all, in Jesus, the Father knows Israel perfectly. This Jesus is his elect son in whom he delights. This Jesus is his beloved Israel whom he saved even from death itself. And in turn, in Jesus, Israel perfectly knows the Father. As the Father knows me, even so, I know my Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. In other words, Jesus, in perfect knowledge of his Father, fully fulfilled his vocation and gave his own life so that other people could live. So you see, the reality that Isaiah paints in his singing poetry comes to us and has come to us in Jesus. And this Jesus will one day come again and bring the fullness of Isaiah's vision to us all. And at that moment, you will rejoice with exceeding joy because you see, the Father knows you too. That is, in Christ, he has chosen you to be his children. He has freed you from sin and death and given you a new name and a new identity. In your baptism, he has given you a sign of his gracious presence and his saving purpose in your life. In a few minutes, you will take his body and blood, another sign that confirms his gracious choice, forgiveness for you. Listen to Jesus as he speaks to you. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As we wait for his return, our vocation and our glory is to walk in the knowledge of our Lord. As Paul says, we ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Our walk in the knowledge of the Lord is sometimes incredibly feeble and halting. We love poorly. We act like we barely know the Lord. But Christ has given us this great hope that the full vision of Isaiah will one day come and we will be changed. Remember the promise. Now we see in a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am fully known. I can hear Isaiah behind those words. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord even as the waters cover the sea. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, John promises. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, nor shall there be any more pain. For the former things have passed away. And now Isaiah's finishing touch. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters are covering the sea. Amen. Now may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds together in Christ Jesus. Amen.